Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. This is high-energy worship, isn't it? Hey, I've got a message for you this morning on the blessings of the Lord. Something that I really believe is life-changing. Makes all the difference in the world. But I really feel like I need some help. So I'm going to ask all the men who are willing to join me to come to the altar, and we're going to pray here at the altar. All the men in the house who would like to just join us up here, it's something we do from time to time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. Wow. You know, I think there's something special about men who bow down before the Lord and humble themselves. Just get as close as you can. We'll get on our knees. Father, in that name which is above every name, that name before which heaven and earth one day will bow, we choose to do it now. We won't wait until that day. We bow before you and acknowledge that you are the Lord God of all flesh. We acknowledge our our need, our desperation for you, for your word, for your spirit, for your touch, for revelation from heaven above. And Father, I ask right now, these men joining me, we're praying together in one accord. Holy Spirit, speak this morning through your word, through your truth. We pray, Father, that you'll unravel some things this morning that may be mixed up, confused in our heads and hearts. That we will see clearly the Word of God and what we should do and how you respond to us. Uh, Father, I ask now that you would bless me, that you would bless the words I speak, take from me and add to me according to your words. And I pray for every hearer in the house to hear the Word of God and for it to be life-changing. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. I'd like for you to open your Bibles to Proverbs 10.22. Proverbs 10.22. I'll read one verse to begin with, and then I'll share a number of verses throughout the message, and hopefully you'll write some of these down. Proverbs 10.22. This past Wednesday night... When I was walking into the church for a Wednesday night service, I greeted a brother in Christ with this question, how are you doing this evening? And he responded by quoting a verse. It was this verse, Proverbs 10, 22. 
the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Now I have to tell you, I don't know if that's a verse he quotes often, or if it was just a verse he was meditating on that day, but this is what I know. From that moment to this moment, I've not been able to get that verse out of my head or off of my heart. I, I mean, it's stuck. And have you, have you ever heard a song or a tune and it just gets stuck? And you go around all day long just singing or humming that tune and you even try to get rid of it and you can't get rid of it. Well, like a song. This scripture got stuck. And I fully believe what I'm about to say is the truth. I believe the Holy Spirit will sometimes do that to us because He wants us to stop on a verse. He wants us to stop on a truth, a verse, a passage of Scripture and meditate on it. Why? Because He wants to teach us something. Why? Because He wants to reveal to us the mind of Christ in a given matter. And so... Man, this just got stuck. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. What a profound statement. Isn't it amazing how much God can say in so few words? I mean, this, this is amazing. The next time a verse gets stuck in your head, stay with it. Let the Spirit speak to you. Let the Holy Spirit teach you. Well, within 24 hours, and I, I looked it up, and I quoted it. Well, within 24 hours of me hearing that verse, I knew the Lord wanted to remind me personally that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. I knew I needed to hear that. And I, I also knew that God wanted me to share with you as a congregation today that the blessing of the Lord... It maketh rich, and he addeth to it no sorrow. What, a, what an amazing passage. Now, I know, I feel like I know, why God wanted me to settle in on that verse for a while. Because for a long time I have shied away from this truth. Not dealt with it. And I know why I have not dealt with it. And I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey right now. But I'm going to ask you to stay with me through this entire message. But I've not dealt with it. I've shied away from it. As many preachers have. And the reason why is because some years ago when I was a young preacher... There was a movement in America that started, and it took root, and then it caught on fire, and then it swept through the nation. It was a, a doctrinal movement, and the doctrine said this, that if you're a Christian, God wants you to be rich. In fact... This teaching went something like this. If you're right with God, God wants you to be healthy and He wants you to be wealthy. In fact, if you're not healthy, 
and wealthy, then something's wrong. Something's seriously wrong with you. There's something wrong with your faith. There's something wrong with your obedience. If you're sick, you don't have enough faith. If you're poor, it's because you're not obeying God. And, and, and the teaching began to drift into this. That Jesus Christ didn't just come into this world to save your soul. He came into this world to make you rich. So that you'd have plenty of money. And if you'll learn the secrets of God, and the secrets embedded in God's Word, and obey them, you'll be healthy, you'll be wealthy. Now, who doesn't want to be healthy? Who doesn't want to be wealthy? And I, I tell you, this thing spread like wildfire. In short, the message was this. Get right and get rich. Walk with God and He'll lavish you with riches, with blessings, with financial wealth. He will, he will pour out material possessions on you. Now, I'm backing up 40 or 50 years but you know as well as I do that that movement is still alive and well and going strong on planet earth right now. Amen. And especially in America. And what they would teach is this. The teaching, you can, you can get it today. But the teaching is this. That the way you tap into this wealth, the way you become rich, is through faith and through seed money. You've heard that expression, haven't you? Seed money. Just like you plant a seed and that seed grows. Well, in this case, you, you kind of sow money. Your money becomes a seed and you sow seed money. And when you sow seed money, then God begins to lavish you with financial blessings. And of course, the place you sow is the address on the screen. You with me? And I, I just got to tell you, it was a message that America wanted to hear. For, forget, forget about a strong work ethic. Forget about commitment and hard work. Forget about doing the hard stuff, God's Word says. Tell me that if I'll just give you some money, God will give me three or four times as much money as I gave you, and you, you've got a hearing here. You see, it was a, a message that America wanted to hear, and trust me, it was a message that ministers greedy for gain wanted America to hear. People began to tune in. And it didn't take long before millions were convinced that the only thing necessary for them to be blessed of God was to send their seed money to some televangelist. And they did. And friends, I'm going to be honest with you this morning. That is nothing more than a spiritual pyramid scheme. Yeah. 
That's all it is. That's a spiritual pyramid scheme where a few people got filthy rich and everybody else was left holding empty promises. And uh, now, now I, I started to just give you tons of data, but you can check it out for yourself. Just, just do a little bit of research. In five minutes on the Internet, you can get more data than I could give you in an hour. I'm telling you, this doctrine made people filthy, rich, many of them. One televangelist, he's still on the air, I'm not going to call his name, but you won't have trouble figuring out who it is. One televangelist was so good at this that his personal, right now, today, he's on television today. His personal net worth is over a billion dollars. That's not what some investigator said about him. That's what he said about himself. He's called the Donald Trump of televangelism. Wow. From his own mouth... He has claimed to have over a billion dollars. According to his own words, God told him he needed to be a billionaire. Hmm. Now friends, they will not come right out and tell you this. The message is far more subtle than what the way I'm about to say it. But this is the message. You make us rich... God will make you rich. You send your money to us, and God will perform miracles and send money to you in your life. Now here's what I want to tell you. That's just not true. That does not work. It, well, let me take that back. Half of it works. Half of it works. You send your money to them and they'll get rich. But then you're left with empty promises. I mean, I mean, my goodness. Hey, l- listen. One spiritual leader defending this said this. If Satan pays well, God should pay better. Y- you know, the sad thing about it is, is America is falling for all of this. America's falling for this. And it's crazy. I've seen this with my own eyes. I've experienced it. About ten years ago, I was over in Mobile, Alabama. And I was in a a service with maybe a, a couple thousand people. I'd gone over to visit and I knew some of the ministers. And I was highly honored when they invited me to come up and sit with the dignitaries. Uh, three or four well-known national speakers. Just to be up there with them, I, I, I felt real privileged, real honored. And then one of them leaned over to me and said, Pastor Jones, would you like to receive the offering tonight? And I knew what that meant. That meant I would get up and encourage the congregation to give and we'd pass the offering plate. That's what that means. And, and so I said, I said, sure. And you talk about being honored, not only sitting with them, but now I'm a part of the program. 
And I'm going to get up and speak to this congregation. And so I did. And I was excited about it. And, and after all, I believe in tithing. And I, and I believe in supporting the work of God. And so I got up and I don't remember my exact words, but it was something like this. I want everybody in the house to pray about what God would have you to give and whatever the Holy Spirit puts on your heart, give it. That's a good way to take up an offering, isn't it? Follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I can tell you I did not do a good enough job. And one of the so-called prophets there knew I did not do a good enough job, that they were not going to raise enough money. And so he gets up, and I know what, what I'm about to say. You'll think, you'll think I'm making this up, but I'm not. I watch this. He got up and he said, I've received a special word from God for tonight. And this is the word. We're going we're gonna to engage in some extravagant, radical worship in giving. And God has revealed to me for this night, for this special night, that everybody who will run down this aisle and take all the money they have and just throw it at the altar, throw it up in the air at the altar that God's going to just multiply your wealth. God's just going to bless you. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. But I can tell you, that took, people started believing it. People went into action so fast, you could hardly, you could hardly believe it. And people started running down the aisle. I'd never been in a church where I saw money, money flying up in the, money, money flying I made my way to the aisle, but not to go to the altar. I made my way to the aisle and started backing my way out of that church. I had such a check in my spirit. I've tried to think of another word to explain what I saw that night, but nothing comes to my mind better than this. It was vulgar. It was spiritually vulgar. I backed out of that worship service. I never did even hear the preaching that night. I got in my car, I left, and I never went back. Oh, my goodness. Did, did you know that there's warning after warning after warning in the Bible about these things? And, and, and I want to give you an encouragement. If you're not reading your Bible, you might want to start. Just saying. You might want to start. L- let, me, let me give you some warnings. 1 Timothy 6, 5. Useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth. They don't really know the truth. Who suppose that godliness is a means of what? Gain. From such what? Withdraw yourself. You don't participate in that kind of stuff. You just don't do that. Titus 1.11 says, Whose mouth must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. Whatever happened to integrity in the ministry? 1 Peter 5.2 says, Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. And Jude 1.16 says, These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lust, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage of them. Friends, I know there are people who get upset when I preach like this, but I'm telling you, there are people in this world in the name of Jesus Christ that will say anything they have to say to get you to give them their money. And the Bible says, be careful. 
Be careful. Be warned. Don't go there. Don't do that. Now, here, here's the problem. There's a, there's a problem, and you've, you've got to be smart enough. You've got to be led of the Lord enough to pick up on this. A great deal of what these people are saying is true. It is true. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. That's biblical. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And prove me now, herewith saith the Lord of hosts, and see if I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you of such measure you won't be able to contain it. That's biblical. Sow sparingly, and you'll reap sparingly. Sow generously, and you'll reap generously. That's biblical. Give and be generous, and you'll store up treasure in heaven. See, that's all that's all biblical. One passage of Scripture even says, the generous soul shall be made rich. You see, those things are all true. But what happens is, ministers, and they're not all TV preachers, but ministers begin to use those Scriptures to raise money. And I want you to know that's out of order. That's completely out of order. They distorted and twist the Scriptures to gain an advantage so that they can consume it on their own lust. That's, that's what the Scripture says. And, and I, I want you to know this is horrible. Now, here's where I come into the picture. And perhaps some of you. And that is that good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching preachers and Christians identified this for what, it, for what it was and backed away from it, distanced themselves from it. And so what happened was there was a great divide. There still is a great divide. There's a void there. You've got these on one hand who are preaching this prosperity gospel that God wants you to prosper. And if you do these things, which almost always involves sending them money, if you do these things, God will bless you. And then there are those of us, and I'm one of them. And by the way, if you're visiting with us today, ask somebody who comes on a regular basis how many times they've ever heard me preach on money. It's almost never. By the way, I don't have to preach on money. I can preach on the Bible. If you read your Bible and do what the Bible says, that just kind of takes care of it, doesn't it? So you got this one group that's making false claims about you giving your money, and then there's another group, and I'm in this group, and we want to distance ourselves so far from that that nobody mistakes us for being a part of the health, wealth, and happiness boys. Then if you get right with God, you're going to be healthy, wealthy, and happy. And everything's going to be wonderful. The truth of the matter is, if you listen to them, they're going to be healthy, wealthy, and happy. And, and, and so, so there's this divide. Have you ever heard the expression, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater? I'm afraid that's what we've done. They've gone too far in one direction, we've gone too far in another direction. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to talk to you about giving the way God wants you to give and the way it brings forth these amazing blessings from God.
And I just want to tell you, we will not take up an offering at the end of the service. <laughs> we will not, I promise you. No offering at the end of this service. We just won't do that. But I, I, all right, so let me give you four things very quickly. And, and you might want to jot these down. These are four biblical reasons to give that bring forth the blessings of God. And by the way, it doesn't make anybody rich except the person who's giving. Tithe. Scripture says tithe. A tithe means you give a tenth of what God gives you, you give it back to the Lord. For some, it's a faith issue. You tithe. That's a biblical principle. I quoted the Scripture a moment ago. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Prove me now. See if I'll not bless you. That's what the Scripture says. Over 47 years ago, my wife taught me to tithe. I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard of in my life. I, and, and I finally gave in. It, it went something like this. You don't tithe, we don't marry. Okay, I'll start tithing. Because my wife knew something that I didn't know. She knew it was a biblical principle. She knew that if we tithe, God would bless us. So we started tithing. And I can tell you, we've been married a little over 47 years, and we've tithed every paycheck we've ever received. And there have been some lean times, but God has always come through for us. So I just want to encourage you. If, if you're not tithing, start tithing. It's the only place in the Bible where God says, test me, try me. And so, so that's, a, that's a good place to start. Here's the second one. Give to the poor. Boy, there's all kind of promises about the poor. Proverbs 19.17 says, He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. Do you see that? God says if you'll give to the poor... Not to some billionaire that's got two or three jets. If you give to the poor, God says, I will pay back what you've given. Isn't that pretty good? That means if you give to the poor, God will keep giving to you so you can keep giving to the poor. Hey, I don't know any other way to say this except... That God loves it when we give to the poor. Listen to Psalm 41, 1 through 3. The blessing, uh, blessed is he who considers the poor. In other words, you care about the poor. You do good things for the poor. You help the poor out. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Do you ever get in trouble? Man, I have a knack of finding myself in trouble. I want God to remember when I get in trouble that He has seen me over and over help people who are in trouble so that He will help me when I'm in trouble. You'll get that tonight. Sometime. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. All because you care about the poor. Verse 2, The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive and He will bless him on the earth. God says, I'll bless you if you just take care of the poor. You will... Not deliver him to the will of his enemies. Man, God, God gets involved. These are rich blessings. Verse 3, The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. That's a lot of promises just for watching out for the poor. So tithe, the Bible teaches it. Give to the poor, the Bible teaches it. Give to poor people just because they are poor. And just because you can. But listen up. Give to the legitimate poor. Are you with me? 
Don't give to the sorry poor people who won't work. You say, Pastor, that's strong language. You shouldn't be talking like that from the pulpit. 2 Thessalonians 3.10 Paul said, if a man will not work, neither should he eat. If a man won't work, that's not a legitimately poor man. You don't give to people who won't work. The Bible says if a man doesn't work, neither should he eat. See the man on the street corner? Got his little cardboard sign up. I'm hungry. I want to get me a little cardboard sign and hold it out the window and say, go to work. <laughs> and by the way, don't you think for a moment that when you feed somebody that won't work, you're obeying God. In fact, the opposite is true. You're disobeying God. That's not what the Bible teaches. There are legitimate poor people who need help, who are trying their best and working hard. You get involved with them. You give to them. Not somebody standing on a street corner with a sign. Now, there could be an exception. And that exception is that the Holy Spirit downloads information in your heart and you know in this one case that it's legitimate in that case you do it but other than that get your little sign says go to work (laughs) all right number three (laughs) give under the leadership of the holy spirit if the holy spirit leads you to give to a minister or a ministry or even a tv evangelist that's one thing But you give because the Holy Spirit's leading you, not because they're begging for money. Not because they want to buy a new jet or a new vacation home. And by the way, I I want you to just use your logic with me just for a second. I think there's some question about giving to any minister who begs. Here's the scripture, Psalm 37, 25. I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. Well, wait now. David was saying, if I understand that correctly, I don't see righteous people begging. Righteous people don't beg. Is a minister really standing on righteous ground when he's begging for money? If he's right with God, shouldn't God be supplying and leading people to give and leading them to support? So, so when a man's begging for money, I don't care who he is, something's wrong. Hey, I had a guy some years ago in my church, and a TV evangelist needed to raise $3 million, and they made this promise. It was on television. He made this promise that God had revealed to them that everybody that give money to this particular need, because they needed this $3 million, that God would multiply it three times. If you give $100, God will give you $300. you give $1,000, God will give you $3,000. I had a man in my church. I couldn't believe he did this, but he did this. He picked up the phone. He called them. He said, do you really, 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 really believe what you're saying? That if a person gives this amount of money, that God will multiply it three times. They said, we really, really believe this. He, he was talking to somebody answering the phone. He said, well, then I have your $3 million for you. Really? Yes. 
If you really believe that, I have your three million. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write a million dollar check, send it to my church, because we got a building program going, and God's going to give you three million. I said, what did they say? He said, they said, click. Not one word of response. It's a sham. It's a shame. It's a disgrace. It's an embarrassment, not just to those who are doing it, but those who fall prey to it. We should be smarter than that. We should know what the Scripture says. Give under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I'm lost right now. Pray for me that I can find my place in my notes. (laughs) Oh, you got to get this. (laughs) I'm sorry. People give to these mega wealthy ministers and ministries thinking God will bless them. But did you know that the opposite is true? Did you know that God's Word actually says God will not bless you if you give? You ready for the scripture? Can't take my word for it. Here it is. Proverbs twenty two sixteen. He who oppresses the poor to increase his riches, and he who gives to the will surely come to what? God says if you give to the rich, you'll come to poverty. You see, not only is it deceptive, but it's dangerous. It's damaging people. When you give to somebody, by the way, the list of multimillionaires, 25, 50, 100, uh, 200 million, the list of millionaire preachers is so long, you just won't even believe it. Cause, because they've, they've done, don't give to millionaire preachers. I tell you what, when I get a million dollars, I'll never ask you for another penny. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> All right, number four, very quickly. Give because your own heart tells you to give. Did you know that's scriptural? 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, So let each one, of, so, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart. You, you see, friends, you tithe because the Bible says you tithe. You give to the poor because the Bible says give to the poor and support the poor. Um, you, you, uh, you give because the Holy Spirit leads you to give. And he tells you to give. And finally, just give because your own heart tells you to give. My wife and I give money above our tithe to this church every month to a ministry in Africa. Because it's in our heart to do that. And they've never asked us for one penny. And we've been doing this for years. In fact, I want to be straightforward with you. If they started asking me for money, I'd stop giving it to them. You see, you want to give because your own heart tells you to give, not because somebody's telling you that they need a new jet or a new vacation home. And when somebody tells you, God will bless you if you give your money to them, I'm I'm not trying to be cute here. Ask them, do you really believe that? And if they say, yeah, then just say, well, then you give me some money. Turn the tables on them. Yeah. Yeah. Bottom line is, God wants us to give. He wants us to share. He wants us to sow. He wants us to be generous. He wants us to give to the poor. God wants us to be givers of all the people on the planet. We should be givers. 
And when you start giving, guess what happens? The Bible teaches that God will start blessing you. And you know what happens when God starts blessing you? He maketh rich. You remember? And He adds no sorrow with it. You see, it's not way over here and it's not way over here. The fact is that when people love God and serve God and start doing what God, He blesses them. And when He blesses them, those blessings make a person rich. And it brings no sorrow. Now, I want to tell you something. The richest that God wants to bring into your life, that's not money. It doesn't exclude money. But that's not money. It's the favor of God. It's the goodness of God. It's the blessings of God. It's the miraculous power of God. It's it's the powerful prayer life that God brings into your life. It's walking with God. It's having angels all about you. It's that blessed and holy and wonderful assurance that you are a child of God and you're going to live for all of eternity with Him. That's the riches He brings into your life. So I close with this. God wants to bless you. And when God blesses you, He makes rich. And when God makes you rich, He adds no sorrow to it. And that riches that God brings into your life, oh, friends, it's more and better and bigger than all the wealth in the world. I heard somebody say one time that the, that the poorest people on earth are people who have nothing but money. Isn't that true? I told my brother here on the front seat, I said, nobody preaches on money on Baptism Sunday. But I really felt like God wanted me to preach this. You know why? Because God really does want to bless you. And God really does want you to be rich in real riches. God really does. And He wants to do something in your life that adds no sorrow, no regret. And friends, you don't have to put money in an offering plate to get that. You give your heart to get that. And when you give your heart, you get in the Word of God and you just obey everything He's got for you. Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.